Aloha, people of God. It's your brother Mike Dillard coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted. Hey, how is everybody doing today? I am doing well and I actually just had to come out here. I was at the gym. I was working out and I got a word. So I wanted to come out and record this podcast because as you know, where I get it, that's where I sped it, right? So in truth, I actually drove away from the gym, so I'm not technically where I got it. I'm about five minutes away from where I got it. But anyway, this is very serious. Uh, it's something that the devil is doing, something that is insidious. And I'm going to read the definition of insidious before I pray and uh, before I give you the title and get started. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary defines insidious, having a gradual and cumulative effect, subtle, developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming apparent, awaiting a chance to entrap, treacherous, harmful but enticing, seductive. It's insidious what the devil is doing to actually get in and defeat Christians. And we're going to get into it. This this had this had my blood boiling. I was very angry about this. Uh and I wanted to share it, but I didn't actually I wanted to do something last night, but I actually just got the message uh this morning a little while ago and so now nah, we're going to release this. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blood of Jesus, Father, the blood that is so much better than the blood of bulls or goats or any sacrifice, Father, that any human could make unto you, Father. Father, we glorify you today as the God of gods, the ancient of all days, the only one that is worthy of all the thanks and all our praise. God, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit who shows us where the snare of the fowler is, O oh God. And we thank you for helping us to avoid the snare. And we thank you, Father, that those of us that have actually stepped into the snare, Father, we thank you for getting us out of the snare. Thank you for being faithful and letting us know about the wiles of the devil, about how slick he is and so deceitful, God. And he doesn't just do things so it's obvious. Father, I pray for the faith to not only deliver this message, God, but that you would speak through me. I pray for the faith for my brothers and sisters around the world, Father, that are listening to this, Father. God, I pray that you would quicken them by the Holy Spirit and make them aware, Father God, Give them a hunger and a thirst to find out more about this information and, Father, to pray it out of their church or to pray it out of your church, the, the, the body of Christ at large, Father. We, lastly, Father, we pray for the safety of Israel, uh, uh, you know, during what's going on at this time after the uh, those uh, Hamas attacks, Father God. We pray for the safety of Israel. We pray in your perfect timing, O oh God, that you would reveal or remove the scales from their eyes uh, in Israel, O oh God, as they are actually your chosen people and we are grafted onto the vine, Father. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. We love you. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so 
The title of today's lesson is Danger Will Robinson Danger. For those of you that grew up maybe, you know, early 70s, you know, there was a show called Lost in Space. They eventually remade a move. They remade that into a movie in the late 90s. And then Netflix, I believe it was Netflix, went ahead and remade that into a, a, a series, like a limited series. Uh, it's about a, a family that gets lost in space. It's basically a sci-fi take on uh, the family Robinson, which is a very famous book. But anyway, in this show, the boy was a genius. His name was Will Robinson. He essentially was friends with a robot named Robot. And Robot, whenever there was danger, Robot usually sensed it first before anybody else did. And since he was close to Will, Robot always had this famous phrase, which was, Danger, Will Robinson, danger. It was just like that. Very deep bass, resounding voice. His arms would flail about, and there was lights inside of the circular head that he had, and they would blink on and off, Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Right? Because he wanted Will to know there was not just danger, it was imminent danger. And so he made it known unto Will and, you know, the rest of the Robinson families that are around. Now, Holy Spirit is like that robot in a sense, because Holy Spirit, he knows of the traps of the enemy. He sees everything that's going on. And so he alerts us. He lets us know when there's danger. He lets us know when we're walking into a trap and we don't know it's a trap. We're walking into an ambush and we don't know it's an ambush. He lets us know, which is wonderful. The challenge is God's people have free will. So although the warning may come, they may not receive the warning. They may not receive it. We can look at even going back to uh, uh, Noah's Ark, right? When Noah warned the people about what was coming, you know, he gave the warning, danger, danger, right? He gave the warning again and again and again. And you know what? The people just ignored him. Some laughed at him. Some probably thought he was crazy. They ignored him until it started flooding and then they realize, oh no, we're in danger. Now they tried to get on the boat, but guess what? It's too late. It's too late. And so God will give people warnings. He gives us warnings. Sometimes he's calling us to be a watchman on the wall. And so when God tells the watchman on the wall that something is coming, it's up to that watchman to be faithful and tell God's people about what's coming. That way they can run and take shelter. They can do the things they need to do so they're not destroyed. Now, if the watchman, in this case, me, right? If the watchman receives the information and chooses to not tell God's people, then when they get in trouble or destroyed, the Bible says that blood will be on the watchman's hands. God will require it of the watchman. In this case, it's me. However, if the watchman faithfully delivers the message to the people and then the people ignore the watchman, well, and they get destroyed, that's not on me. 
that's you know that's not on the watchmen that's on those people because they chose to ignore the warning that the lord clearly gave them so this message today it is a warning message it's a warning message right the last message that the lord had me come out and give was about and down goes babylon right it's it's like hey it's a it was another warning message hey judgment's coming Stop doing the sinful and wicked practices that you're doing. Don't be deceived and get destroyed along with Jezebel in her sin. And now this message comes, which is essentially telling you how the enemy is infiltrating the church. We are going to get into it in a hot second. It's essentially telling you how the enemy is going to infiltrate the church and in fact is already doing it deceiving Christians and getting them to open themselves up to curses so they can be defeated. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and officially get started. I am sitting in my car in the parking lot uh, at the Navy Exchange Shopping Center. It's very hot in my car, <laughs> but I don't want to turn on the air conditioner because once again, I don't have my fancy mic. And even if I did, you guys would be able to hear all the air conditioning noise in the back. So I'm going to suffer for you. How's that? Yes, I'm going to suffer in this heat for you guys. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get it going. Okay, a lot of scripture today. Daniel 6, 1 through 5, which is our primary scripture for today. And it, and it writes, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Now we're going to stop right there. So we've been warned in the Bible time and time again that there are many, many, many false teachers, false prophets in the end of days that are going to deceive people. And the reason that this works so effectively and the scripture says that they will be deceived. We're going to go on. We're going to I'm going to read through that scripture. But the reason that this ploy or this gambit or this tactic or this trick is so effective is because it's tied into our our faith. Like 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 these wicked people said against Daniel, they said, we're basically, we're not going to find any grounds for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. In other words, in order to get in there and slip in there, it has to be something that's tied into what people believe is Christianity, right? It's got to look like Christianity, but really not be Christianity. So that way the devil can trick people. See, God's kingdom is a kingdom of light. God is a God of honesty and truth. The devil in his kingdom, 
which is the losing kingdom, right? It's a, it's a kingdom of darkness. It's a kingdom of deception. And so I've heard it said that many people that are in Satan's kingdom, they don't even realize they're in Satan's kingdom because they're in the dark. The devil has deceived them. See, the devil doesn't care whether you worship him outright on purpose or indirectly. He doesn't care. His goal is to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's his goal. Jesus told us that. So the devil doesn't care. He is a liar. That's what the Bible says. So you got to know he's a liar. He's a beguiler. He's a deceiver. He's not going to come right out and be like, hey, look at me. This is a trap. No, he's going to make it look like something that it isn't. And in this case, we're talking about new age practices, new age reformation, NAR, right? New age practices like soaking, right? Or, or healing rooms or anointing healing rooms as they're called, right? These are ungodly practices that actually serve as a Trojan horse for the devil to get into an, uh, uh, an unsuspecting church, a church that is relatively healthy. See, if people are in church and they do a foolishness, all types of wickedness, and they saying that they're Christians, the devil already got that church. He don't need to come in there with this sneakiness. Why? Because the people are already walking in outright wickedness. It, it, the devil's got that church. He's very comfortable in that church. However, there are many churches where people believe in the Lord. They actually love the Lord. However, they're not really, really, really reading the scriptures and they're not discerning. And so in those places, the devil wants to slip in. He wants to slip in there. How does he slip in there? Because these people are not going to outright sin against God. They're not going to outright bring some wickedness in the church. So what does the devil do? He uses doctrine. He uses false doctrine. He takes scripture and he twists it. Just like he always did from the very beginning. He takes the word of God and he twists it. And he deceives God's people. It's just what he did with Adam and Eve. It's no different. It's the same thing. Why, why would the devil keep using the same thing that he started with when people were first created? Because it still works. People are still people. It still works. Why should he stop doing it? And so this particular, these particular practices, you can look them up. NAR, right? New Age Reformation. These particular practices have crept into the Christian church unnoticed because people think that, oh, they're Christian practices. Oh, let's, uh, I'm going to talk about, well, first I'll talk about soaking. Soaking, if you haven't heard this term, soaking is a new age practice where people believe that they can soak the anointing of another person. They can basically go over somebody's grave that was a holy person, an anointed person, and soak. They, they might be there all night. They might be there four, five, six hours, but they're there soaking up the anointing from that person. That's what they believe. And you know what? You know what that sounds like to me, honestly? It sounds like somebody that's trying to get something that doesn't belong to them, something that wasn't given to them. And the only person that does stuff like that is a thief or a robber.
Gee, that sounds like Satan to me. So that's what's going on. The devil is bringing his practicing. Christians want, they want power. They want demonstrable power. So, so, you know, so they can feel empowered. They can feel like they're really fighting back against the enemy. Some of them, I, I can't speak to all of the motives of these people that are doing it, but it is downright deceitful and wicked. And when these people are doing it, they're in witchcraft. And so since they're willfully walking in witchcraft, guess what? They've opened themselves up to curses. They've opened themselves up to demons, spirits that are going to talk to them that will give them some sort of manifestation. And these gullible people are going to believe that it's the Holy Spirit who is doing it when really it is not. It is the devil. And they've been deceived. They've been taken captive through something that was religious. And these might have been people that had no inclination that they would they would want to do any witchcraft, that they would want to follow Satan at all. The devil doesn't care. He's going to trick you into doing it. Oh, you're not going to worship me? Very well, I will trick you into doing it. If you won't, if I can't trick you into doing it, and if the Lord allows, I'll just kill you then. Like the devil doesn't care. You have to understand it. He does not care. The other practice which really got me heated is healing rooms anointing healing rooms. This came across my bow a couple of days ago. Someone had mentioned to me about John G. Lake. I know who John G. Lake is. You know, he's celebrated as a very famous divine healer. Okay. And it said that John G. Lake started some things called healing rooms. I never looked into that. But recently somebody, even at my church, brought it up about healing rooms. Initially, I was kind of excited but I had this feeling in my gut because I'm like a healing room. Like, oh, it's associated with John G. Lake. Well, what is it? So I was excited to see what it was. But then when I learned like, oh, you know, there's a training that they give this and that, you know, me and my wife kind of discussed it. And we were both like, um, that doesn't make sense. You, you either have a, an anointing to heal or you don't. The Lord can call anybody to do any particular thing if he gives you a ream of word. You don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist or, you know, the Lord can use anybody. He gives the word. The person receives the word and does that thing. The Lord said he can bring healing and he does. We all know my child, Kyra, is a miracle baby. She was healed miraculously because the Lord told me to go and pray. I mentioned in the last one uh, about Vincent. The Lord told me specifically, go pray for this man. I heard it clear as day. I did what he said and the and. And the man was miraculously healed. My child was miraculously healed. But I don't walk around all the time in that. Nor can I just go up to somebody who supposedly has a healing anointing. And oh, it's going to get shared to me. It's going to get distributed to me. See, that's folly right there. The Bible teaches us lay hands on no man suddenly. Right? It's in the scripture. Let me pull that up. That wasn't one of the scriptures that I originally had planned on. Uh, bringing in this, uh, but let me put this out right quick. Uh, lay hands on no man suddenly. Remember, I'm doing the same thing y'all can do. Just Google it. First Timothy 5, 22 through 25. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. We'll just stop right there. So first Timothy 5, 22. Why does it say lay hands on no man suddenly? Because demons are past through 
the laying on of hands. That is one way that witches, witch doctors, spiritualists, spiritists pass demons from one person to another. This is also why the Bible tells us, you know, don't have sex with prostitutes. And really, you shouldn't have sex with someone that's not your husband and wife. Why? Because the two become one and whatever spirits one person has gets passed to the other person. Honestly, this is like Christian 101, but a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people may have heard it, but they don't believe it. And so they just do what they want to do to their own detriment and potential, you know, demise. Be careful. In these practices, they want to lay hands on people. Oh, we want to lay hands on you and, 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 and pass this healing anointing into you. But what happens is when they do it, see the Christians that are coming, you know, they're loving Christians. They, they have a love for the Lord and a love for God's people. They want to serve God, but maybe they didn't take the time to pray about it. Maybe they didn't take the time to uh, uh, um, discern this thing. Maybe they didn't take the time to just stop and wait or do research or anything. And so they just rush right in, right? But fools rush in where angels dare to tread. They rush right in unsuspecting, unwary, and they open themselves up. And because they're taking action in sin, they're in agreement with these spirits. They're in agreement with this demonic, satanic activity. They are now open up to curses. And these demons get pumped inside of them. This is a very real thing. You can look it up online. You can Google it. Google it. Right. And Google something like uh, 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 New Age Reformation heresy, New Age Reformation false teaching. See, if you don't put the little uh, heresy or false teaching on the end, it's going to take you somewhere that's basically telling you how wonderful and how godly New Age Reformation NAR teaching is. So be careful. Right. Be careful. Now, more scriptures. This is not, I don't plan on this being a very long uh, uh, message as I am sitting in this hot car. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go ahead and read through plenty of scriptures. I want to make sure you guys have all of these scriptures because as far as the message, I've basically given the message already. It's just a warning to be careful and to, and to look for this stuff. If you see it come to your town, I encourage you to fast and pray against that thing and that God himself would invade that space and drive it out, that God would protect his people. There are those people that are God's people, and then there's those people that aren't God's people that might wander into there. We'll pray for God's people, right, obviously, and, and pray for those people that aren't God's people, that they wouldn't be deceived, okay, that they wouldn't be deceived. So there we go. Next set of scriptures, Galatians 1, 8 and 9. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. Listen, stuff is so basic, yet the devil is tricking Christians. It's so basic. 
Look, one of the things that they used to say like back in the 80s and 90s was, what would Jesus do? Remember that? They had a little WW, wait, what would Jesus, WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? You know, that really makes sense. If something sounds right, but it's kind of like a new doctrine, but it seems like it's, it's, it's sound, you know, and, 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 and scripture based, you got to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Did Jesus ever tell you to lay over somebody's grave to soak up anointing? Did he ever tell you? Did he ever tell the apostles to do such a wicked thing? No. No. And in fact, the only person I remember, even in the Bible, that was trying to even do something close to that was the devil himself who wanted Moses's body. And God dispatched the archangel Michael to withstand the devil and not let him take Moses's body. Why? You got to think God used Moses. Moses's body was irradiated with God's power. It was charged. So there probably is something to this, but it's not a godly principle. It's not a godly practice. There's, there's probably a way the devil can take some of that power and use it for his own wicked things to further magic and other witchcraft, right? The only person that I know of, again, that did that was the devil. He tried to get Moses's body. So, and God stopped him from doing it. So we already know Jesus is not going to tell you, not Jesus of Nazareth. Come on. Maybe Jesus that the Mormons believe in, maybe that Jesus, because that Jesus is the spirit brother of Satan. That's not really Jesus. Jesus, who really is God, the son of God, who really is alive and on the throne right now interceding for us. He would never tell you, go and lay on somebody's grave and soak up anointing. So right there, even if you can't find it in the scripture, come on now, you know, it's not godly. You know, it's not godly. When did Jesus ever tell you, right? That anybody that wants healing anointing could just go in a room and let somebody lay hands on you and they're going to pass that healing anointing to as many people as they want. It doesn't matter. There's no qualifications to do this. Come on now. Jesus is not like that. Christians, we cannot be this gullible. And the devil probably sits back and, and just laughs. He probably says to himself, I can't believe they're this gullible. If only they would study the scriptures. If only they would think about what Jesus did. If only they would focus on his example and not just go off the top of the dome, not just do what they want to do. Oh man, I, I have it so hard. But you know what? He doesn't because Christians don't do that. Many Christians don't do that. All right, moving along. Next scripture, Matthew 24, verse 11. I want to make sure that y'all have these scriptures so that way you can arm yourself. Matthew 24, verse 11 warns us that many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. This is what the scripture I was talking about earlier. So I, was gonna, I definitely was going to read that, right? The devil keeps doing it and it's working. The false prophets keep arising and they keep leading many astray because people are not grounded in the word of God. They're really not. 
The more you're in the word of God, the closer you are to the Lord. The closer you are to the Lord, the better you can hear him. So if you barely read the Bible, you might go to church every now and then. You barely read the Bible. You don't take time to worship and love on the Lord and be in his presence. Guess what? Brother and sister, you are a prime candidate to be deceived by something like this. Don't be deceived. Get in the word. Get before your God. Worship him. Love on him. Spend time with the Lord and adore him. First John 4, 1 is the next scripture. First John 4, 1. First John 4, 1. Y'all know I'm on my phone. First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. That's what a that's what a lowercase s. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. He's telling you right there. This is something that every Christian should be aware of. It shouldn't catch us off guard. Why? Because he's already told us. Yeah. There's false prophets out there. They're going to be doing signs and wonders to deceive you. Don't be deceived. This is why I gave you the warning. So now I got to come out here. He's sending me out here to say, hey, warning, warning, warning. Look out for this. Don't let this get in your church. If it gets in your church, it's going to destroy your church. It's going to destroy marriage. Think about what the devil does. He comes to kill steal and destroy. He wants to get into an effective church and kill it. Kill the ministries. Kill the power of God that's operating there. You're only going to be operating in the power of God as long as you're walking in obedience. If you're walking in disobedience and rebelliousness, you have no power. You're done. The church has no power. It's still standing there. The people come each week and they sing songs. Guess what? No power. The devil ain't worried about those churches. Why? Man, he done already took them over. They're his churches until people repent and get deliverance. All right, moving right along. Next scripture, next scripture. Mark 13, 22 and 23. Mark 13, Mark 13, 21, 22. It is written. For false Christs and Christ to spell with a lower C. Why? Because they're fake and they're phony. It's not really Jesus. It's people that's trying to act like they got his power. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But what? But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. He's telling you right there, like, hey. Beware, I'm already telling you this, it's out in the world. Don't forget this stuff that I'm teaching you. Look, when the Lord teaches you a lesson, I've said this often, he teaches you lessons that you're supposed to hold on to for life. It's not just like, oh, I, I studied so I could pass this test and now I'm gonna forget the lesson. No, 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 don't do that. Why? Because the enemy that you're fighting 
is going to fight you for your entire lifetime. So you have to learn how the devil moves. You have to learn how he comes against you, how he deceives the body of Christ. You have to know these things and not forget them because God has already warned you. He's already told you. So you shouldn't keep getting in the trap. But if you do get in the trap, you know the Lord is merciful. The sheep that falls in the ditch bleats the loudest, somebody used to say, right? When you realize you're in trouble, cry out to the Lord. Don't be deceived and be like, oh, the Lord, you know, I can't, I can't cry out to the Lord because I sinned against him or whatever. No, no, go to God and tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I, I did this thing and it was foolish. It was wicked. I didn't realize what it was, but now I do. God, please help me. Please deliver me. God, please save me. Then God will be faithful. He will deliver you. Don't be afraid. Once you realize you're in a trap, you need to cry for help. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. All right, hold on a second. I just got to let some air into this car. Ooh, it's hot. Ooh, feels good. Feels good. All right. All right. Moving along. Coming to a close pretty, pretty soon here. All right. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. Please, I encourage you, study this material. Right? The Bible says study and show yourself approved. Study to show thyself approved. Okay. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Who is the someone that he's going to devour? It's people that are, it's Christians, because he already has the rest of the world. It's Christians. He's seeking a Christian that is not sober-minded. He's seeking a Christian that is not being watchful. Oh, my God told me that the enemy moves like this, that he does these things. Let me be on guard and be alert because God already told me. See, that person, like me and my wife are those people. We're on guard. We're looking. Wait, wait, wait. What is that? Oh, no. The devil trying to be slick. Oh, no. Let's shut that down. Right? So it gets shut down. The devil ain't looking for that. He's looking for someone that's not like us. He's looking for someone that's not like the Bereans that are going to be in that word. And when you look at the Bereans, look this up for yourself. I'm not going to give you the scripture. You're going to have to find it yourself. Find the Bereans and what was said about the Bereans, right? If anybody brought anything to the Bereans, they didn't play that. There's like, hold on, hold on. Let me check the scripture. Hold on. Let me say, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Or no, that's not right. That's not what the scripture says. That's how you got to be. And if people are telling you that it don't take all that, you know what? It does take all of that. And if it didn't, God wouldn't tell you to do it. And God wouldn't have commended the Bereans on doing that and being that way. Remember, the devil knows the word of God. He will use it to trick you. He will use it to trick you. That's what he did in the beginning. That's what he's been doing. And that's what he still does. Coming to a close. Coming to a close. All right, last scripture. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. First Corinthians 15, verses 58. The very last 
verse in 1 Corinthians. It is written, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Listen, brothers and sisters, be steadfast. In other words, stay in the word of God. Stick with the basic things that the Lord taught you because the basic stuff is the right stuff. No new doctrines. If you see a new doctrine, rebuke that thing. I don't care who told you. No. Be steadfast. The next word is what? Immovable. Be ye steadfast and immovable. You cannot move me from this doctrine. This is what the Bible says. That's it. You ain't, you ain't changing my mind. This is what the Bible says. Why? Because you're like a Berean. You got in there, you dug into the word and you stood firm. You stood fast on the word of God and you prayed. Why? To test the spirits like the scripture told you. Oh Lord, what is this? I never heard of that. Or it might be, oh, that sounds exciting. Like when I first heard about it, I was a little excited. And then I was like, uh, my, my wife was like, mm, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I think I know what this is. This reminds me of something else. Another uh, ministry that popped up during the uh, pandemic with deceitful practices. And what? They were doing signs and wonders. There is demonic healing. So let's go back to these healing rooms before we close out. Don't get caught up. Right? We, are, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. Demons perform miracles, quotes, finger quotes. Demons perform these things too. There are many uh, 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 Chinese Buddhists and Buddhists around Buddhist monks and whatnot that perform what we would say are miracles. But guess what? They're not inspired by the, by the Holy Spirit. They're lying wonders. The demons are doing these things. It's a lie. It's a lying wonders. To trick you in the following and say, oh, it's God. It must be God. I felt the power. That ain't God. God is a, it's not God. And he's deceiving people. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters, right? Be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. All right? I just really want you guys to be wise. So in closing, remember, New Age Reformation is a lie from the pit of hell. It is a false doctrine. It is a man-based doctrine. The Lord Jesus, nowhere in the Bible will you ever see anything like that about soaking and about anointing healing rooms and, you know, you uh, an anointing that God gave. Hold on, let's just go into the scripture right quick, right? Think about Elijah and Elisha or Elisha, right? You think about that, right? Elijah asked him, hold on, let me let me go ahead and get the scripture out. I'm being prompted to give y'all the scripture. Here we go. 2 Kings 2, 9 through 10. Let me pull that up right quick so y'all have it. 2 Kings 2. Let's turn to nine. Here we go. Nope, this is a little bit longer. 
All right, we're going to read 2 Kings 2, verses 4. Let me see. 4 through 10, okay? Again, this is being given to you guys, so you have it, and you can arm yourself. The scripture says, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, yes, I know. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. He's talking about sharing an anointing. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. So let's stop right there. In other words, he point blank asked Elisha, what do you want from me? Elisha said, I want your anointing. In fact, I want a double portion of your anointing. I want to be magnified. Elijah said, that's a really hard thing you asked. Why? Because it's not something that Elijah could just do on his own. It's something that only the Lord could do. And in this one instance, even in that instance, the Lord, it, there was qualifications given. Listen, if you can see me when I'm taken, you know, consider it done. If not, then no. How could he see Elijah when he was taken? Well, that's because the Lord allowed him to see it. Very simple. So if the Lord did not tell you point blank, I'm going to do X, Y, Z in your life. And more often than not, the Lord is going to tell you stuff in the privacy of your own closet, your prayer closet. Not where there's hundreds of people around and yelling and screaming and jumping and this, that and the other. No, it is a very difficult thing for anointings to be shared. It's right there in the Bible. And if the Lord's going to do that, then the Lord will tell you, you know, what it would take for him to do that for you on behalf of his kingdom, right? And his church. But if that did not happen, then guess what? You ain't sharing or anointing. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Anyway, listen, I love you all with the love of the Lord. I want you to be well. I want you to be steadfast and immovable in your God, who is unshakable, unbeatable, and also undefeatable. All right. And with that, always remember, submit yourself first unto God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.